Hey friends, welcome to It Takes a Village, a podcast of Healing Hands International. We're a nonprofit organization based out of Nashville, Tennessee. My name is Mark Gent. And I'm joined by my co-host, Taryn Foster. Taryn, we are officially launching season two of the podcast. What do you think about that? Wow. That is wild to me. How have we been doing this for this long? Uh, I don't know. Apple continued and Spotify and Google Play (laughs) continued to accept our episodes as we release them. Crazy. Thank you, Spotify. New on this end, we are actually recording this first episode of season two from... Healing Hands Headquarters here in Nashville at the office in the conference room. Um, We are grateful to our friends at Brentwood Hills Church of Christ who uh, graciously allowed us to record season one in their studio and with their equipment. But we are excited to be able to record here in the office and to go meet people remotely. I am, I'm just so happy to be here and I'm so happy to be back doing season two Season one was so much fun. It's hard to believe that we recorded nine episodes. We had nearly 1,300 listens from 15 countries that came out of season one. 15 countries. Yeah, 15. Wow. Which I was just, that was, that blew me away. We will hopefully expand that this season, but I think we're off to a great start. We hope to expand the number of countries. Yes. My goal is all 225. Yes. I think that's a good goal. We are going to be ambitious in season two. So for season two, we've already lined out episodes for the next several months, and our plan is to continue to pull back the curtain so you can learn more about Healing Hands and who we are and what we do. And But we'll also keep inviting special guests from other nonprofits and our international partners and church leaders. Yeah. As we are trying to think about how to kick off season two, what really jumped out in our minds was the fact that this is Healing Hands' 30th year in existence. So we thought it would be beneficial for everyone if we kind of briefly introduced each ministry that operates under Healing Hands, just so you can get to know us a little bit better. While this is a Healing Hands podcast, we do understand that a few of you may not know exactly what we do. So we're not going to necessarily talk today about the history of Healing Hands. If you want to learn about that, you can go back to episode one with our president, Art Woods. So today, one way we thought we'd celebrate the 30th anniversary is uh, we were looking for a creative way to tell the story of each one of our four ministries, uh, Water, Hunger to Harvest, Women of Hope, and our Magi ministry. And instead of just me and Taryn telling you the story, uh, we've created these uh, four to six minute audio tracks for each ministry that invite you, the listener, to hear the story of our partners on the ground in Haiti and in Zimbabwe, Tanzania, and Honduras. Mm-hmm. And as you listen to these audio tracks, you hear the voice of Blake Farmer, a friend of Healing Hands, and we are just really grateful for him lending us his talents to record the stories. Yeah, shout out. So now we invite you to join us on a journey to Haiti where you can learn about our clean water ministry. Bienvenue. Welcome to the community of Tela Blanche in Lolomas, Haiti. You have arrived in the community of Benita, the 35-year-old mother of 14. You may have attended a Walk for Water event in the past to help raise funds and awareness about ladies like Benita. Today, we want you to witness her Walk for Water. While typically you can find Benita cooking and helping her husband in the garden, 
Every day, she also takes the 1.2-mile trek to get water. It takes her around 24 minutes to arrive at the unprotected natural spring, which is situated at the bottom of a riverbed. When it rains, the water level can rise to cover this spring. If it's crowded, she'll wait for the others to finish. Over 300 people get their drinking water here. Slowly, she fills up her five-gallon and one-gallon jugs, careful to not scoop the sand or leaves from the shallow spring. She then returns to her home, chatting with her neighbors and carrying 48 pounds of water. The trip back takes around 30 minutes. Bonita's story is common and is shared by millions across the world. But it doesn't have to be this way. Bonita now only walks 45 seconds to the community water well, where she has access to clean water year-round. While the lines are long at the community pump, the community gathers and relishes in knowing that they have access to clean water year-round and have saved hours every day. The water is used not just for drinking, but bathing, washing, watering animals, and cleaning. But this story of life-changing clean water isn't specific to Haiti, and neither is HHI's work through the clean water program. We've drilled over 1,300 wells in 20 countries and counting. Through drilling and repairing water wells, it's our hope that everyone who's impacted by one of these wells will share Bonita's happiness in having the very basic of human needs, clean water. Bonita said, I don't know you, but thank you. Thank you, thank you. Water is life, and you chose us, and now we have water. Thank you for water. Thank you for life. And this is the beauty of this ministry. We also don't know all the lives that will be reached through clean water, but we can be assured that our Heavenly Father knows and sees each of them. And we know that these people will know His love through these gifts as well. Thank you for your partnership in changing the lives of women like Benita all over the world. We're so thankful for all of you who've made the water program at Healing Hands a success, impacting the lives of countless people like Benita. Through events like Walk for Water, we have been able to connect stateside communities to others across the world. Almost 300 walks have taken place, and because of their efforts, over 300 wells have been sponsored. Your desire to make a difference can be something you share with your congregation and community. After listening to that and kind of reflecting on it, it just reminds me of how often I use water. I use water for washing my hands, showering, washing my clothes, washing dishes, drinking water, and probably more than I can't even think about right now. I constantly forget how big of an impact water has on my daily life. It's kind of the foundation of everything we do at Healing Hands. Uh, Healing Hands has drilled nearly 1,400 water wells throughout its time, and a lot of that has to do with the Walk for Water ministry, connecting people here to those we serve across the globe. Yeah, they do such a great job yeah. in doing their Walk for Water events at churches and schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think last year they had about 47 Walk for Water events, which is just, uh, a, a, they work so hard on that It's a team. record, yeah. It was, yeah. So thanks, Taryn. And uh, the next ministry we're going to spotlight is our Hunger to Harvest ministry, where we empower communities to fight the hunger crisis that exists around the world. So travel with us to Zimbabwe as we hear the story of our partner, John Dubay. Please, 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 please
Welcome to the Moskvin province of Zimbabwe, home of the Chidutu Primary School, the Jiramoto Community Garden, and more recently, the Chinyika Church of Christ. But we'll get to the new church in time. Let's start at the beginning. Children in the Chidutu Primary School were hungry. Their province had been experiencing drought conditions for years. This drought led to famine conditions, and the school's government allotment of maize was all it had to feed the students. The school didn't have a garden to supply vegetables, nor did it have a water source. This is where John Dubay comes in. John is HHI's country director in Zimbabwe. In partnership with Feed My Starving Children, he distributed 100 boxes of pre-packaged meals to the students of Chirutu Primary School. These meals include rice, soybeans, protein, dehydrated vegetables, and a mineral vitamin premix. While HHI provides food aid in times of famine, our main focus remains on preventing the next famine. We believe this can be achieved by teaching small-scale farmers skills that are simple, practical, affordable, and sustainable. To this end, John's next step was to conduct a two-day sustainable agriculture workshop at the school. At the school's request, John trained 85 school teachers, students, and community members in survival gardening techniques, including how to plant raised beds, run drip irrigation lines, plant seedlings, and make compost piles. In the midst of distributing food and training people, John's heart was touched by the poverty he witnessed in his own country. While giving a lesson to the students, John noticed a small girl with no school uniform, which is a sign of poverty. After the lesson, John and his wife purchased a uniform and paid the school fees for the little girl, who's aptly named Perseverance. The new uniform changed Perseverance's outlook and had an impact on others as well. One of the attendees of the school workshop witnessed John's actions and asked, how do I become a member of your church? And that ultimately is the goal of all of John's work. After attending the workshop at the Chidutu School, members of the Jiramoto Cluster Garden requested that John conduct a training workshop for them. Ninety-three people showed up to learn how to overcome some of the challenges of farming during the dry season. On a return visit to the garden a little over a year later, John noted how much progress the garden had made. During the initial workshop, the trainees installed three raised planting beds. By the time John returned, they had installed 255. During this visit, John also distributed seed packets to further aid the garden in its progress. Distributing seed packets and drip irrigation kits on follow-up visits is a crucial part of the Hunger to Harvest program. However, even drip irrigation systems need a water source to be effective. Because of this, John oversaw the drilling of a new water well in the area. The well was one of the final pieces of the puzzle in this area. There was just one thing left, and it came to fruition after the culmination of all these efforts. Remember the person who asked how to become a member of the church? Her name is Monica Kamudzi. Monica became a driving force in a new church being planted in her area. On October 4, 2020, the Chinyika Church of Christ had its first services in the Chinyika Secondary School. Monica was there, along with 36 new members of this congregation. Two of Monica's children have also been baptized. Monica said that her desire to join the church came from John's preaching at one of the survival gardening workshops. We never know how a story will develop in the hands of the Lord. This church plant is a wonderful chapter in the story of this community. It isn't the end of the story, though. It's really just the beginning. 
Since the church was planted in this area, John has conducted two more survival gardening workshops, drilled one more well, and made follow-up visits to several area gardens. Fifteen ladies have formed a bread-making co-op with the help of HHI's Women of Hope ministry. The Church of Chinyika has made 30,000 mud bricks and obtained land as they began to work toward having a building for the congregation. There are currently 89 people who've been baptized and become members of the congregation, and there are plans to start another congregation in a neighboring village. As you can see, what started as a small seed has bloomed into an amazing story. It's a story about a little girl named Perseverance and the perseverance of a community. It's a story about empowering people to take care of themselves. It's a story about God's timing, providence, and plan. It's a story about John and Zimbabwe. But it's also a story about you here in America, because your partnership makes stories like this possible. Just as this story continues to unfold in Zimbabwe, so does the story of Healing Hands International. HHI is making a physical and spiritual impact in multiple countries. You know, Darren, according to the United Nations, around 690 million people or more across the globe go to bed hungry every night. And mm-hmm. we realize here at Healing Hands that we can't solve the hunger crisis by ourselves, but by locking arms with our host partners like John, we know that we can help a few people. And mm-hmm. of course, there are so many wonderful organizations who also have great strategies in fighting hunger both domestically and internationally. As I was listening to that story, I thought about Jesus and what he said in Matthew 25 when he said, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. And, you know, this is just a basic teaching of Christ and how together we can make a difference. Yeah, that's what I was thinking through that whole thing, too. The, the whole spiritual aspect of it. It's like we're giving them a way to feed themselves, which is amazing and incredible. But that spiritual aspect is what it's all about, you know? Yeah. And that's that's why we do it. And I thought that was so cool how that woman was like, how can I be involved in your church? And that, that leads people to baptism, yeah. which is so, so cool. Um, so the next ministry we'll be talking about is our Women of Hope ministry, So join us as we listen to the story of Nima and others in Tanzania. Nima did not have any grandiose dreams for herself. She wanted to do what everyone else in her village did, find a husband and raise children. And so she did. But Nima quickly found herself in an abusive relationship and had a difficult decision to make. Would she stay in a financially stable situation that was unsafe for herself and her family, or would she leave and try to care for her family on her own? She decided to leave, but now what? Thanks be to God, Nima soon heard about some women in her area hosting a Christian business women's conference. She attended with 70 other women to learn basic business skills like how to find your market, how to keep records, how to manage your finances, and how to represent Christ in your business. This conference, led by our Tanzanian Women of Hope coordinator, Paulina, inspired her to start a business with what was available to her. So she began to make and sell mandazis, a fried bread similar to a donut, outside her home. 
She joined a savings group and kept track of her finances well. She was then able to start selling chai and chapati as well. And then she added more products like produce, spices, and soap. Within five months, Nima had opened a whole store and has plans of opening a second. Her sales from this store and participation in a savings group sustain Nima and her family, giving them greater access to education, health care, and abundant life. And by God's grace, Nima, whose name means grace, is not alone. She's like so many women who, when given access to basic business education, are able to use their gifts to transform their lives. In northern Tanzania alone, the story is true for Dina, a woman who launched a thriving business that started with just one chicken. Happiness, a woman who earned enough to buy nine sewing machines and train other women to sew by starting out with selling liquid soap on the side of the road. And the Emoja Group, a group of 10 women who started saving to launch a batik fabric dyeing business after being inspired by the January conference. This is what our HHI Women of Hope ministry seeks to do all over the world. In Tanzania, Kenya, Zimbabwe, Ghana, India, Malawi, and Haiti, we work with our field coordinators and other partners on the ground to equip and empower women through education, business skills training, and microfinance. Coordinator Jeanette in Kenya works with congregations all over the country to train women in business skills, teach them technical skills with which they can start their own initiatives, and mentors them as they develop their businesses. Ngoni in Zimbabwe oversees the launch and growth of small businesses, trains women in business skills, and teaches groups of women how to effectively save their money. Prasanthi in India teaches women all over her city how to sew beautiful products in order to support their financial and spiritual growth. Elizabeth in Ghana manages a vocational school that provides a safe place for at-risk women, teaches them how to launch godly businesses, and commissions them back to bless their home communities. Church members in Malawi are launching different cooperatives with the support of a small loan, and they use their repayments to start even more women-owned businesses. Preachers in Haiti gather groups of female entrepreneurs together to study godly business skills, save money, and facilitate small loans that sustain business growth in their communities. This community journeys with women as they weave baskets, sew dresses, bake bread, process peanut butter, and so much more to the glory of God. And it doesn't stop here. These women teach more women and teach their children valuable skills like tailoring and valuable qualities like being honest in business. This education and income gives them greater access to education, health care, and the abundant life God has in store for them. Because stronger women build stronger communities, and we are blessed to walk alongside them. Women are so inspiring. Every time I've listened to this track, I get even more excited about the possibilities and opportunities that this program has. It makes me think of the African proverb that we say a lot around here that goes, if you teach a man, you've taught an individual. If you teach a woman, you've taught a village. And that just goes so well with our podcast too, I feel like, because it's all about helping each other. And that's kind of what the Women of Hope ministry is embodying women helping women and people helping people, which is amazing. The final ministry we're going to spotlight is the Magi Project and the work that we do in Honduras. So now you're going to hear the story of a man from Virginia named Ron who once sent a soccer ball to Honduras that ended up 
in the hands of a boy named Alexander and how it made a difference in both of their lives. When Coach Ron Crouch packed his Magi box in Chesterfield, Virginia in 2016 to send to Honduras, little did he know the significant impact it would have once it arrived in Honduras. Ron's wife, Mary, had recently passed away, leaving him to raise their sons by himself. Looking for ways to serve, Ron got involved in Magi with his church. While packing his box, among the many items he packed that day was a soccer ball and a letter. It was a letter that told his story of loss. He wrote about how much his boys loved playing soccer, and he encouraged whoever received it that he hoped they would one day have a relationship with Jesus. Months later, when this particular Magi box arrived in a remote jungle village in southern Honduras called Las Pitas, the box ended up in the hands of a 14-year-old boy named Alexander. A soccer player himself, Alexander was not only ecstatic about the soccer ball, but also moved by Ron's letter of encouragement. His uncle, Yeltsin Estrada, was also his preacher and had been planting seeds for years with Alexander. Yeltsin let us know that this simple gesture had impacted his nephew so greatly he had decided to give his life to Christ. This story is just one of the thousands of examples in how Magi provides opportunities for kingdom impact. Every year, nearly 200 churches and schools across the country pour time and energy into packing 25,000 Magi boxes. They're then distributed to host partners on the ground in the Dominican Republic, Haiti, Paraguay, Zambia, the Texas-Mexico border, and Honduras. Full of everyday essentials like hygiene products, clothing, school supplies, and toys, the Magi boxes are utilized by local preachers for encouragement within their own church and a means of outreach to their community. Henry Zalea, Assistant Director of Logistics for Mission Lazarus, which is our partner in Honduras, reflected on the local impact of Magi in the community. Huge impact on those kids because uh, there is a lot of a lot of poor kids that they never never can afford to get a gift like that one. And it is a blessed for them and for them for their parents. Because they can afford to give a and the kids know that they will never ask a mom and daddy to give a gift because they know that they don't have it. In the late 1990s, Imogene McAnulty was the catalyst for what we know today as Magi Boxes when she began sending gift boxes to kids in Romania. Shortly thereafter, Cindy Herring came on staff at Healing Hands and has carried the baton in being a champion for Magi for the last 20 years. Because of her passion and determination, Herring has been vital in the tremendous growth of the Magi Project. Like every ministry here at Healing Hands, it really does take a village to make a godly impact. Thousands of volunteers go shopping to pack their boxes. Hundreds of Magi coordinators are responsible for organizing, collecting, and getting their boxes transported to Nashville. Dozens of volunteers come to our office year-round to provide quality control checks on the boxes. And countless generous donors contribute more than $200,000 each year to make Magi happen financially. Longtime volunteer Camille Pickering, who's been on Magi trips along with being a Magi coordinator, says this. To see the joy on the faces of these children, I just can't describe it. I think the important thing is that this builds relationships. Um, 
we are it's not just that we are coming and handing these boxes out we are building relationships with children with their families with this communities in Honduras and I'm sure in other places this is just meant the world to me because to me mission is service and if I can serve these children in Honduras or anywhere in, in this way this this is what I want to do I want to I want to be like Jesus when COVID-19 hit in 2020 and many churches across the country shut down or reduced capacity, there was great concern about the impact the pandemic would have on Magi here at home. Also, with shipping lines delayed and ports closed, there was a lot of uncertainty about whether the shipments would even be able to be received by our partners. It was then, amidst the chaos, that the idea for the Sponsor a Magi Box initiative was born. Faithful Magi supporters who were unable to get out and shop chose to sponsor a box instead. With those funds, we were then able to empower our staff partners in Kenya to purchase and fill Magi bags, reaching a whole new group of children with the blessing of the Magi Project. The church in Oyaro, Kenya, was instrumental in distributing the gifts, and God was glorified. Watching these Christians in Kenya shop for and distribute Magi for the first time was a beautiful picture of the It Takes a Village concept. It truly takes each one of us doing our part to make a godly impact. Like every aspect of the ministry here at Healing Hands, the Magi Project literally takes a village to pull off year after year, both here at home and on the receiving end once the boxes arrive in the hands of the kids. And I really like in the story where our friend and volunteer Camille Pickering said it best when she said, Magi builds relationships. Well, Mark, that's a wrap on the first episode of season two. I've always wanted to do an episode like this because I feel like a lot of people don't realize how much goes on here at Healing Hands. So thank you all for sticking with us, and I hope you learned something today. Yeah, and over the next several episodes, we mentioned this earlier, we are going to be talking more in depth about each one of those ministries. So stay tuned for that as we keep releasing more podcasts over the coming weeks. Yeah, I'm excited to delve into it. So thank you all for joining us and being a part of our community here on It Takes a Village podcast. So be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and keep listening to us on the podcast platform of your choice. And if you want to learn more about what we do at Healing Hands, you can visit our website at hhi.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at at healinghandsint, I-N-T, or follow us on Twitter at updates. And while you're at it, share it on social media to help us spread the word. Special thanks to Maeva for creating the original jingle and to Kristen Harper from our office who produces the podcast. And finally, a special closing shout out to Miss Doris Risley and Miss Diane Holloway. They are two of our faithful volunteers who come in the office on a weekly basis to help out with Magi and... They have told me that they listen to the podcast. <gasps> we love you guys. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye.
Na 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 na